Hi, this is Marcus. Welcome to my very first podcast of the Fujifilm GFX camera system. I currently have two GFX systems and they are the 50R and the 50S Mark II. I've used every camera system on the market to include Micro Four Thirds, uh, Crop Sensor, uh, the APS-C, and I've used Full Frame. Uh, the only system that I have not used is Nikon or Nikon, however you want to pronounce it, and the Hasselblad. My previous camera system was the Canon, and I had the 5D Mark IV, the 5DS, and the EOS R. So if you're asking the question, why did I decide to go to the medium format camera system by Fuji? Uh, the answer would really be curiosity and um, the price range. Uh, Fuji released two medium format cameras that were in the same price range as the latest Canon EOS R5. And when I switched from the Micro Four Thirds and went to the Sony full frame camera system, what I got was more color depth, more shallow depth of field, more detailed, um, and more dynamic range. And so I was expecting to get the same thing when I switched from full frame to medium format. And I am pleased to say that I got exactly what I was thinking I was going to get. Most photographers are persuaded to switch to a different camera system based upon features they see advertised on YouTube. Now, these features that are being advertised a lot of times has nothing to do with how great a photo you're going to take or is it going to make you a better photographer, even if it's going to enhance your your business of what you're doing. And so that's why a lot of established photographers don't upgrade right away. They stay with what they know because they are competent photographers and it's something that uh, when they're going to upgrade, they want to make sure that it's going to be something that is going to give them something or give them an added benefit to enhance their work. When people start looking at the features that are inside of the Fuji GFX camera, the first thing they start to say is, well, it doesn't have... The eye detection is not like Sony. It doesn't have great video capabilities. It doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. And so uh, they don't go to it. And then they start to erroneously equate, well, I can get the, the latest Sony that is 61 megapixels, and you can't tell the difference between this 61 megapixel and this 100 megapixel um, uh, medium format camera. And, and it just starts to go you know, way beyond that. And let me just step back and correct. Uh, just because you have a larger sensor doesn't mean that you have a better camera. But in no means will a full-frame camera ever equate to the pixel density, the color depth, the shallow depth of field, and the dynamic range you get from a medium format camera. Fuji has just released a 40-megapixel camera and APS-C, no one in their right mind would equate that 40 megapixel camera to be equivalent to a full frame camera as far as shallow depth of field, dynamic range, detail, um, uh, low light performance. Under no circumstances would you ever consider that. And so that same dynamic that you would use to evaluate and disqualify, if you want to use that term, of an APS-C compared to a full frame 
The same thing goes when you're comparing full frame to a medium format. The GFX camera system is not for the inexperienced photographer because again, there are a lot of things that it's a slow camera. Uh, it doesn't have the autofocus that you would see in some of the latest cameras that some of the inexperienced photographers uh, tend to rely on to capture their photos. It's got a slower mechanical shutter. The mechanical shutter on the GFX systems is 1 over 1 25th. Uh, it, um, it only goes up to a shutter of 1 over 4,000. Um, so there's a lot of things that when you look at this, you were like, why would you go to this camera? And for me, uh, I go to the camera again because I consider myself to be a competent photographer. And it gives me some separation. And let me explain what I mean by separation. It is getting to the point now when someone sees a good a photo that was taken by a photographer. The first question is asked is what camera did you use? or it's perceived that that photo was made to look as good as it looks because of the camera. And there are a lot of things that go into making a great photo. There's composition, there's understanding light, there is sometimes a team of people that work with you. Uh, you have to have very good lenses. Let's not you know, overlook when you have to process the photo in your digital darkroom. So just for someone to equate that you are a decent photographer because you have a good camera. And somehow that can be achieved if I could only get my hands on that camera as well. So what I mean by separation is that when people see my camera system, uh, especially those that actually know anything about it, and the first question that I get is, why are you using Fuji? Uh, I heard about them. What's, what's unique about them? And so I would rather have that conversation go on where I can explain why I'm doing things and how I'm getting um, photographic results. And so that's what I mean by separation. That is one of the main reasons why I love the uh, medium format camera system from Fuji. Outside of it, it takes just amazing looking photos and I get amazing results and there are things that I can do with this camera because of the Fuji system which it makes you use one of the film simulations that is built into the camera and there's a lot of manual dials and things on it it makes you it gives you that film like experience when you're using the camera and because the, the medium format camera is a slower camera it makes you slow down it makes you think about your your composition. It makes you think about wh where you're going to photograph and what lens you're going to use because of the camera system itself. And that is the, one of the main reasons why I love using this system. So if you're considering purchasing a GFX camera, which would I recommend? Well, they have five GFX camera systems. They have three there. They have four actually that you can purchase brand new. I believe the 50S has been discontinued. You cannot purchase that new, but I know that the uh, 50R is still available for you to purchase that one at certain camera stores new. And you can actually pick up the 50S, the Mark 1, for a very good price as well. 
What I would recommend is that if you're going to purchase a GFX, that you would need to purchase at least one native lens. I would not recommend you to purchase this camera and then go try to adapt a, a full-frame camera lens like Canon or Nikon or even Sony to be used with this camera system. You're not going to get the best experience out of it. And therefore, your first experience with the camera is going to be negative and you're not going to think very much of the camera system. When I was using Sony, whenever I adapted a lens that was not Sony's, even if I had an adapter with the Sigma adapter that gave you automatic uh, focusing with the Canon uh, lenses, I did not get the same performance that I got when I used the native lenses from Sony. And that would be the same experience that you would have with Fuji. There are two really affordable lenses that you can get for the GFX system. The first one that I would recommend would be the GF 50mm f3.5. It's got the linear motor system in it. It's weather seal. It's got the aperture ring on there. And it is a very fast focusing lens. Uh, and it's got great quality. And again, it is... Um, uh, weather resistant they have the 35 to 70 which is a zoom lens but is a variable aperture it's 4.5 to 5.6 now again 4.5 to 5.6 in medium format because of the crop factor which is a 0.79 crop factor and the size of the sensor you're going to still take some amazing looking photos with that lens. I have a lens that is a 100 to 200 f5.6 and I take amazing photos with it. I get a nice separation from the background, from the subject to the background and if I showed you the photo you would not even think that it's an f5.6 lens because again how those lenses work on the on the medium format but I would definitely recommend that you would use a native lens versus trying to use an adaptive lens. Now, they have some manual uh, lenses that you can actually use with the Fuji that are manual focus. Uh, they are third-party lenses like the, the Metacon, and I think there are a couple more lenses that they actually have. If you want to try those, you could. Again, the best experience is going to be with the native lens. So... The 50 millimeter lens is $699. It's normally $1,000, but it's $699 right now. And I believe the 35 to 70 is, I believe, $600 for that lens, which is very affordable for medium format. And that would get you your first lens, and you could really use the camera as it is intended for you to, for it to be used, and get the best experience with it. And then from there, you can, you can always upgrade to bigger and better lenses and then if you want to adapt it being that you had a positive experience with the camera because you had a native lens you don't get disappointed with the camera if you get an adapted lens and the lens doesn't perform like you want it to perform you know it's not the camera system it's the adapted lens and you tend to lower your expectations and things will work out much better for you what software should you be using to process the raw files now, there are a lot of software applications out there that has adopted the Fuji RAW file and they can process it. But to get the most out of it, there are three RAW editors that I would recommend. And I'm going to recommend them in the order that I think that does the best with the Fuji file. Now, I am a Capture One user. 
I have been editing photos since 1994. I've been a professional photographer for about 12 years. So I've been editing photos much longer than I have been doing professional photography. And when it comes to Fuji, the way I'm going to rank these is going to be kind of surprising because, again, I told you that I'm a Capture One user. The first product that I think that does the best job as far as giving you a true representation of how the Fujifilm um, film simulations look would be DxO Photo Lab 6. Now, they, they are the new player as far as uh, adopting being able to process the raw files in Fuji, but DxO Photo Lab 6, in my opinion, is the best. Capture One would be the second one, and Lightroom would be the third. Uh, I know a lot of people use Lightroom uh, to process Fuji files, um, but you just don't get a true representation of the Fuji uh, film simulations that you do when you use Capture One or DxO Photo Lab. And if you really want to see how that file looks, there is a program that Fuji has called the Fuji X Raw Studio. There, what it does, it bypasses your computer and it uses the sensor on the camera to actually process the film simulations or the film recipes that you use within the camera to write it out to a JPEG for you. And if you ever use that software and use it, let's say go to Classic Neg and you compare Classic Neg from the from the uh, X-Raw Studio from Fuji to Classic Neg inside of uh, Lightroom, DxO, and Capture One, you will be totally surprised of how different uh, Lightroom uh, renders the film simulations for Fuji. They just don't render them the same. And it's not a knock on the software. I believe that if you have a Canon or a Nikon, um, that Lightroom is the best product to use. Um, one of the things when you're using the Fuji cameras is that they come with film simulations, but you have the ability to actually um, use some parameters to cook up some recipes to mimic other film um, renderings. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that are out that are actually got blog sites and they have applications that you can get from your mobile phone that will allow you to uh, get the parameters of these recipes that you can actually set up within your camera system to render like Kodak Portrait 800 or Kodak Portrait 160. And uh, the Fuji system will allow you to do that. And um, when using the uh, Fuji software, XRAW Studio, you can actually store a multitude of different recipes on your computer and be able to process those looks without having to store them all on your uh, camera. You only get, I believe, seven configurations that you can actually store different recipes or different, um, different parameters that you want to use when capturing JPEGs because it only works when you capture JPEG, uh, not on the RAW file. It brings a RAW file in with with none of that other than the curve file for that uh, film simulation that you're using. So for instance, if I'm using Classic Neg, it will process the raw file as a Classic Neg, but it won't put any parameters as far as sharpening and clarity and um, 
any kind of grain that will be written to the to the JPEG and not to the raw file. And so that is one thing that you can really do. And for people that are purchasing uh, film cameras to go out to use different films to get that experience, what I found is by using the Fuji camera, especially the medium format cameras, is that I can go ahead out there and I can set those parameters and do those recipes for those different film looks. And I can get that experience without purchasing or having to have the expense of purchasing film and have it developed and then scanning it into the system in order to be able to appreciate what I've just taken. I don't have to wait a week or two weeks or how many times or whatever time frame you wait to get the film processed. I can process mine instantly. But the uh, GFX50R does have that setup. It has that rangefinder look. And then another thing that I'd like to do as well is there is a camera by Hasselblad called the X-Pan, which is a panorama camera that shoots the um, 24 by 65 format. And so if you know anything about that camera, if you buy that camera used, it's about $5,000 if you buy it used. Um, and the camera was made in partnership with Fuji. So Hasselblad and Fuji came together and, and they made this X-Pan camera. Well, uh, to be able to mimic that camera as far as the look and the feel of it, the GFX50R gives you that gives you that feeling. And and I can set a crop ratio to 65 to um, 65 uh, 24. And that will give me the same crop ratio that you would get if you actually had the X-Pan. And so when I set that crop ratio on the GFX50R, it's normally a 51 megapixel um, um, file, but that file would go down to 25 megapixels. Now, when I shoot in a different crop ratio other than 4.3, what I normally do is I will shoot in both JPEG and RAW. But if I set a different crop ratio, like a 1 to 1 or 3.2 or 16.9 or 5.4 or 7.6, that JPEG will automatically be cropped to what I've set it to. And so what I can do is bring in the JPEG, look at it, and if it's something that, that I wanted to do, do a recomposition on, well, I have the raw file. I can just take the raw file and set the parameters of that crop inside of my um, raw editor, adjust the composition, and go ahead and crop it. So that's why I will shoot with both uh, JPEG and I'll shoot with the raw when I'm doing that. But if you're a fan of the panoramic uh, camera and you want to be able to to mimic that feeling of having that rangefinder style camera and be able to get really good film simulation looks when you're shooting with that, uh, the Fujifilm GF50R is an amazing camera for that. So what are the best lenses for the GFX system? If you look at the lenses that Fuji has for them, they have a nice selection of lenses that you can actually choose. But one of the things people always complain about is that, well, they don't have any 1.8s or they don't have too many 1.7s or they don't have any 1.2s. And again, when you're shooting with the medium format, the depth of field on that camera, even if you're shooting with F4, is so shallow. Um, 
because of the size of the sensor, because of the information that it's gathering, that it makes it very, very difficult uh, to be able to really nail your photo without using manual focusing. And so um, for me, there was a decision. They came out with the 80 millimeter F1.7 and I was going to be purchasing what I would consider a portrait lens. Now I need to explain a couple of things about the lenses with the, with the, uh, for the Fuji because the sensor has this crop of 0.79. So an 80 millimeter lens on a uh, GFX Fuji camera is actually like 63 millimeter as far as focal length. But it does not change the dynamic of that lens as far as the characteristics of that lens. So an 80 millimeter lens, regardless of whatever the crop is and the focal length of that, is going to have the attributes of an 80 millimeter lens, which means you're going to get the compression of an 80 millimeter lens. If you buy a lens for any camera system, let's say for a crop sensor, let's say for a micro four thirds, and it's an F2.8, it is an F2.8 as far as allowing light to the sensor. It is an F2.8. An F2.8 for a crop sensor is an F2.8 the same as for a full frame based upon how that lens is designed to allow light to hit the sensor. And so when you're looking at um, an 80 millimeter, even though the focal range is 63, you have the compression of 80. But getting back to my example, the F1.7, that was a lens that they released to 80. And instead of me purchasing that lens, I paid an additional $500 to actually purchase the 110 F2. And the reason I did that is because the F2, uh, the 110 F2 has a linear motor system in it. It's much quicker to focus. It has a better focusing system with it compared to the um, to the 80 F17, which is a great lens. It does what it's supposed to do but it focuses like the 63 millimeter lens that I have for the GFX system. Uh, the lens protrudes, you know, the, uh, the lens will protrude outside of the case and it got, you know, it's sometimes it will hunt or try to find the focus. It's not as quick as what you would get with the linear motors. So every lens that I've purchased for the Fuji camera system, I try to make sure that I purchase one that has the linear motor. So my hope is that I hope when Fuji is going forward with developing new lenses, we're bringing out new medium format cameras under the GFX um, camera system is that they stay true to what medium format cameras are actually used for. Uh, I hope they do the same thing that um, the Hasselblad is doing with their camera. The Hasselblad just brought out their new 102 megapixel camera that has a one terabyte internal hard drive in it, uh, SSD drive in it. And I'm using Hasselblad as a example of, they stay true to what they do. They say, listen, this is a medium format camera. This is what it's for. It's not for sports. It's not a fast, uh, you know, it's not a fast, frame per second camera. 
They didn't put any video features in the camera at all. They said, this is a photographic camera. And so just like Fuji did with the X-T5 to say, this is more, this is photographic camera first. This is photo first, video second. I would hope that they stay true to that when you're doing the GFX camera systems. Now, technology at some point in time is going to evolve and allow them to put more into the camera where it may actually function like a F4. They may be able to increase the, um, the mechanical shutter and they may be able to um, do a, you know, a lot more things with the medium format camera going forth because of the technology. But I hope they stay true to what the camera's used for. Uh, the GFX is not a camera for everyone. I would not recommend this camera to a new photographer or an inexperienced photographer at all because they're going to get very frustrated with it because it requires you to use the knowledge that you've obtained in photography to get the best out of the camera. Before the digital camera came out and, and individuals was using film cameras, well, they didn't have those. How did they take you know, sports photos without eye detection? They were able to do it because of the photographic skill that they had. And somehow that is being lost in, in photography today. I'd like to thank you for uh, listening. I hope you subscribe and I'm going to bring you more information on the GFX camera system every week. So thank you again for listening.